0: You know, Amazon and Apple primarily sell things to people, so they profit from their customers, and this creates really good alignment and helpful accountability, especially when it comes to privacy, but that logic is more complicated for Google and Facebook.
1: For Monday, June 17th, 2019, this is episode 39, Alexa Privacy Issues and The Echo Show 5. I spoke with Catherine Prescott, founder of VoiceBrew.com, all about privacy issues in the news from Amazon, Alexa, to Apple and Google, and we focused also on the announcement of the new Echo Show 5. Why does the Echo Show 5 have huge implications for even greater growth of -of middle-of-the-road voice assistants? And will we see Alexa ads on Echo screens anytime soon? Overall, we decided that it's key to remember to think of privacy in a broader context, i.e. we're in the early innings of voice. Enjoy my chat with Katherine Prescott. Welcome to the Beatle Moment Marketing Podcast, a short weekly exploration of marketing, technology, and career. I'm Emily Bender. I answer to no one, and I make this for you. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to the Beatle Moment Marketing Podcast. I have a special guest with me here this week, Katherine Prescott. She is the founder and editor of VoiceBrew, that's VoiceBrew.com, and it is a digital media company dedicated to helping people get the most out of Alexa. Welcome, Catherine.
0: Thanks for having me, Emily.
1: I'm so excited to have you on because when you and I met in New York a few months ago, we just had the best time talking for at least an hour and couldn't stop about all things voice, and you are at the forefront of especially all things Alexa.
0: Well, thank you for your very kind words. I enjoyed our conversation as well. Yes,
1: and I know that you've had some recent TV appearances and you're kind of the go-to person on people's privacy concerns about Lexi. I don't want to set anyone's device off, but we're going to be saying Alexa throughout this, so put your device on mute at this point, guys. So let's dig in here. Privacy has been in the news big time. Amazon is actually being sued at the moment. There are a couple of cases in Seattle and LA with parents suing Amazon for recording their children without their permission. And then we've got the sign-in with Apple feature that just came out uh, at the Worldwide Developers Conference, and this is, you know, taking away from Google and Facebook's data gathering, Apple's, you know, pro-privacy. And then you've got Amazon also, where they're releasing some new features. So tell us about the Echo Show 5 and, in general, what's going on with privacy concerns.
0: So there is a lot going on, as you just said, and I think that what's really important is that people understand when Alexa is recording and how to control their privacy settings. And my goal has been to help educate people on those things. But more broadly, I think that the privacy focus and all the dialogue that we've had in recent months and that we're continuing to have is healthy. I think it's making voice assistants and smart speakers better for consumers. So on the Echo Show 5 announcement a couple of weeks ago, you saw a really strong privacy focus there. So from a hardware perspective, there's a built-in camera shutter, which those of you who have an Echo Show know that doesn't exist on the Echo Show. So that's a really nice privacy-centric hardware update. And then of course, Another key part of the release was the announcement that you can now just say, Alexa, delete everything I said today to delete all the recordings of your Alexa voice interactions for that day. So you don't even have to go into the app. And that's a huge step in the right direction in terms of privacy.
1: Definitely. And it it gives people the feeling of control, whereas it was a little clunkier, you'd have to go into the app to delete everything. A lot of people didn't realize they could do that. And now it's voice command, which is indicative of the way it's all heading. We don't want to use an app to interact with a voice assistant. I was just actually talking with Dave Espitsky, who's the Alexa evangelist, about the Alexa app in relation to things like, why is it so hard to find flash briefings inside the app? He said, essentially, don't even worry about the app. That's not where we're focused. And Everything is going to get to the point where you can use your voice to control it, i.e. Alexa, delete my recordings today. I'm not even touching my phone to deal with that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you should be able to control everything relating to Alexa with Alexa just by talking to Alexa.
1: I think discoverability has a little ways to go. I mean, this is the ultimate challenge. If you have multimodal, it's easier. And this is with with this Echo Show 5, great, because the price point is $89. It's smaller Oh, and then what? the thing that's confusing, right, is that it's called the 5, but isn't it the same as the third generation? Like, the 5 just is uh, in reference to that 5.5-inch screen.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, I'd love to talk a little about the Echo Show 5 because I think it is such a big deal. Um, I believe this is really going to be the new down-the-middle smart speaker that people get. So it's $90. It will go on sale for less. So it really is going to be the first affordable smart speaker with a display. And I think it's interesting that Amazon is pricing it lower than the $100 flagship Echo. It really shows that they're trying to steer consumers toward this new device. Um, And, of course, Google's closest competitor product is the $130 Google Home Hub. So this is a really compelling land grab move by Amazon for the smart display space. And I think that this is really going to have a big impact on user experience in a very positive way, almost akin to the shift from radio to TV. I think you're gonna see third-party Alexa skills get dramatically better because they'll be able to respond to people not just with audio, but with the visual experience as well. And all of us in the voice-first community have been waiting for the voice-only experience, which is what, you know, 90% of consumers have to become a voice-first experience. So it's pretty exciting that this is such a kind of big step in that direction. And from a developer standpoint, you know, if I'm a developer and I see this happening, all of a sudden it's become a lot more exciting to develop multimodal skills for the show because you can imagine that millions more people are going to have smart displays. Exactly.
1: As Catherine alluded to, the vast majority of people who have a smart speaker, Amazon has market share and most of them are dots, which does not have a screen, AKA multimodal. So with this lower price point, This is why brands and developers and content creators are going to get more excited about making it multimodal. More people will have the ability to see what's on the screen.
0: Absolutely. And I think that, you know, looking farther down the line, the proliferation of a smart speaker with a display, you know, this could mean that every company with a smartphone app is going to need to develop a multimodal Alexa skill. You know, I think that consumers will likely start to expect to be able to access brands and their services via smart displays in addition to web and mobile. So Kayak, Airbnb, Twitter, you know they'll all need to have one potentially in the not-too-distant future.
1: Oh, um, yeah. Love to hear your
0: thoughts on that, Emily. I, I completely
1: agree. No, this is what I tell clients. Anybody who has a brand needs a presence. Even if it's something simple, if you're not there, you can't control the search results or whether your brand does or does not appear when somebody's looking for whatever it is, toothpaste, a local barber shop, somebody to come fix my air conditioning, you have to have a strategy for that. And, you know, look at Uber, Domino's, especially for things that are on demand, whether that's food delivery or emergency kind of urgent needs, services, That's that's even a bigger use case than just your typical discoverability about like just product research.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think the Echo Show 5 5- has a lot of important implications when it comes to monetization on Alexa. And when you think about voice commerce, it really solves one of the biggest holdbacks because the smart display lets consumers browse products they want to buy just by asking Alexa. And this is an infinitely better experience than listening to Alexa read out product details.
1: Yeah, you're right. And I keep, I forget that so many people just have the audio only experience because I've got shows, I've got home hubs, I've got screens everywhere. You know, I'm always testing different devices. So to me, it's been multimodal for so long, but it's really hard when you don't have the screen too. And I mean, I almost didn't want to say that. It's like, voice is not all powerful, but multimodal is all the more powerful. So we talk about brand visual identity and sonic identity. You do need both. Visual is not going away. We are very visually wired. Um, And I think, you know, you make a great point here about people will be able to afford more of these devices. They'll be in more rooms in the house. It will start to take up more of that time. Like it will take away from the smartphone screen time and it will be more of these interactions happening with the Echo
0: absolutely. And I wonder if down the line broadly adopted smart displays will pave the way for advertising. Again, love to hear what you think of, about this Emily, but you know, I know Amazon has said there are no plans for Alexa voice ads, but a smart display would allow Amazon and third-party Alexa skills to display advertising in a much less intrusive way than voice ads. So maybe Alexa display ads will come sooner than we think. I could see that happening. I do think that
1: Facebook is the company that typically goes back on its word and asks forgiveness, not permission. Amazon has for a long time said there will not be ads. I'm more inclined to believe them. Maybe they'll redefine what an ad is. I could see little banner ads maybe on these, uh, on like the Echo Show 5, maybe at some point. But I think what's more likely from an advertising perspective is more of a sponsored content and things like sponsor a flash briefing, you know, that's not considered an ad, but it is Mm -hmm. advertising. And then if you look really down the road, what do you do to get the voice assistant to prefer your brand to recommend you? There might be a a way to pay for that as just being the the preferred response, the, the search result that is read out loud or shown.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah.
1: I just, I guess this whole conversation really goes back to privacy All these exciting things that are happening, um, we have so much pushback, which is frankly unwarranted considering, I think, we've been giving up so much data for so many years to companies like Google and Facebook. Like, this is a drop in the bucket. And look at the utility you get from it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think one of the really interesting things that we're starting to see is that tech giants are shifting toward a privacy as a feature kind of mindset. and almost it feels like they're competing for who can do the best job. So we talked a little bit about you know, what Amazon has been doing with the Echo Show 5 and the camera shutter and the ability to delete your voice recordings just by asking Alexa. But um, you know, Apple has also really staked out ground to make its approach to privacy a real differentiating factor for its devices. And... One of the most interesting examples of this at Apple's developer conference last week was the new sign in with Apple feature. So this lets users choose Apple to handle their login and gives them the option of having Apple use a unique login email address for every app. And I think that last point is what makes this so attractive from a user privacy perspective because it creates a break among data profiles linked to a user's primary email address and that would be something really huge really new for users oh completely and a nightmare for marketers i mean
1: essentially we've been serving ads based on cookies or some of cookies and when that data is gone what are you going to do you're gonna have to make a better product and have some other device to get a relationship with the consumer because you're not going to be able to just track them around
0: yeah, and look, this goes back to the business model and alignment point, which you and I have talked about in the past, Emily. You know, Amazon and Apple primarily sell things to people. So they profit from their customers. And this creates really good alignment and helpful accountability, especially when it comes to privacy. But that logic is more complicated for Google and Facebook which offer a free product to users in exchange for using user data to serve up ads. And, you know, Google's pitch has been different from Amazon and Apple's pitch. Google's has been more like, you know, look, we provide all of these amazing services to you for free and in exchange, we're gonna collect your data. And we think that's a trade-off worth making.
1: That's right. I love that point about alignment. I mean, that that kind of implies who cares about privacy because are they trying to sell something or are they trying to grab your data? And then of course, Apple wants to give you more privacy. We'll see what Amazon does. What do you see coming down the pike as far as we've got this indication here with the Echo Show 5, Amazon's gonna start caring more about privacy or at least making it a priority. Are there any things that you see with, with these devices and Amazon where they might even like, make a greater effort toward privacy to kind of dissuade people from being so concerned and suing them over everything.
0: You know, I think it's important to think of some of these, this whole privacy dialogue in terms of a broader context, which is that we are still in the very early innings of voice assistants and smart speakers. And there will always be some people who are hesitant to adopt a new technology For various reasons. You know, when when e-commerce first came around, a lot of people didn't want to put their credit card info into a website because they just didn't trust that. But as e-commerce became more convenient with things like free shipping coming into the mix, eventually, most people got over their fears. And I think that as voice assistants get better and better across a lot of dimensions, including privacy, you'll see that a lot of people who are some of the holdouts will start to get over their fears.
1: I agree. It'll be a good thing. Uh, These are really beneficial technologies for everybody. So you guys, if you haven't checked out Catherine's website yet, it's voicebrew.com. She is an incredible resource about all things Alexa. Just tons of incredible content there. Like I'm always tweeting out all your, like how to set up an Alexa routine is really helpful. So voicebrew.com,
0: tell people where they can find you or get in touch with you. So voicebrew.com, as Emily said, please sign up for my weekly newsletter. I'll send you one great tip each week on something you can do with Alexa. And then follow Voicebrew on Instagram or VoiceBrew and you can follow me on Twitter. I'm KB Prescott.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Catherine. And I can't wait to see you at the Voice Summit in July. Can't wait to see you too, Emily. Oh, everybody, by the way, if you don't have tickets for the Voice Summit yet, use my promo code EB92, that's all caps, EB92, for 15% off. You can get tickets to the Voice Summit July 22nd through 25th, and we will see you there. Hey, do you have an Amazon Echo device? Then you have to take advantage of Flash Briefing, the short daily news offering on Alexa. It's free and easy to set up you can catch my daily briefing the voice marketing flash briefing daily beetle moment by going to bit.ly slash flash that's bi dot l-y slash b-e-e-t-l-e flash all lowercase or just search amazon or your alexa app for beetle moment voice marketing my goal with this flash briefing is to fracture alexa's rubric come check it out Brought to you by our friends at Pippa. Pippa is the simplest, smartest way to share your podcast. Visit Beatlemoment.com forward slash P I P P A to get a $25 Amazon gift card when you sign up. And we thank Pippa very much for their support of the show. For more about the show or to consult with me, visit Beatlemoment.com. Tweet me at Emily Bender. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening. I'll see you next week.